0: Physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of From Screen to Shelf. As always, I am Will. I am joined by Gabe and Chase. And it is Thanksgiving week here in the States. Woohoo! Thanksgiving week, folks. Everybody's uh, getting ready to uh, carve up those turkeys and have unnecessary political arguments with relatives. (laughs) So it's going to be a good week for everybody. But or the we're Chiduckins. gonna be talking- <laughs> yeah, exactly, but we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking about thanksgiving themed films. Uh, now, they don't necessarily have to revolve around Thanksgiving itself. But you know, any movie that I guess would be considered a Thanksgiving movie is just something that you watch around this time of year. You know, people watch Christmas movies around Thanksgiving. They watch you know buddy adventure comedy movies, you know, cop movies, crime films. November's also noir month for a lot of people so a lot of different uh a lot of different watch lists that are uh being fulfilled right now but we're going to talk specifically about movies that uh we relate with or connect with Thanksgiving so we each picked a movie I believe right gentlemen mm-hmm. and uh yeah. we're going to get right into it so Gabe I don't know if you want to uh open up and talk about yeah, your man. pick Yeah
1: man mine's the most standard campiest, just <laughs> A predictable unique. pick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if yeah. it's unique. It's the most predictable One pick. One of a kind. Um, I actually chose a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, <laughs> um, which is Ooh. hilarious just because I, I don't watch a lot of animated movies. Like, I mean, I, I like animated movies, but um, I'm not that I'm not too big into them. But I've always appreciated the Charlie Brown Uh, animated movies and the show itself so but I mean I I think with this movie the reason I chose this one is just out of pure nostalgia like this was a movie that I personally like it was shown in school we'd watch it every week every uh, um, Thanksgiving week it'd be on TV and it was just like pumped out so much that I'd always watch it. And, and I actually, it never turned into a situation where I got bored watching it. It was always fun to watch it. And I always still laugh at a lot of the jokes and a lot of like the plot elements. Because I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's a short, funny, quick movie that you could sit down and watch like with your family or by yourself. And, it, and it's always a good time. Um, the premise is silly. You get, what, what is it? Peppermint Patty calling charlie brown saying that hey we need to do thanksgiving or she's pretty much inviting herself to thanksgiving and then he's stressing out and needs to buy all this stuff and you know everyone's coming and it's just a fun little movie man and i think it's it, it's honestly just probably the pure nostalgia of it that kind of made me choose it um and i think it's still just it, it plays all the time i mean i think even it, in 2023 it, it's playing on tv and even like kids are still relating to it. I know at least my little cousins, like they watch it sometimes and they still Mm -hmm. have a blast with it. So for a movie that was, I want to say it was like seventies, right? Early Mm seventies. Pretty sure. Let me see here. Yeah. 73. Um, so a movie from the 1973 that can, you know, get even our newer generation off their iPads and (laughs) iPhones and be able to sit down and watch it on TV. I think that still says that there's something special about it. Um, and anything with Charles Schultz, you know, I, I'm a sucker for. So I, I think it's a it's a solid movie. It's a warm movie. It's funny. It's quick. And it's something that, like, no matter how many times you watch it, you still kind of get that that feeling you did the first time that you've seen it. Because I remember the first time I saw it was with my family. It was in my cousin's house. And we're all just sitting down watching it. A lot of us, we were young at the time. And, um, and it was a fun movie. We had some adults in the living room watching it with us and... um and everyone's laughing, having a good time with it. And I still kind of get that same vibe with it each time I watch it. So um, it's a very, uh, I wouldn't say unique choice, but um, it's something that I like watching and I still enjoy. Um, I don't think there's a 4K for it,
2: right? For the Thanksgiving? Yep. No, it's on blue. Oh, there is. Yeah, in that, and I'm pretty sure in that trilogy, yeah. In that one we were talking about. No way. Yeah. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. I
1: did not know that. Yeah, so I got to get to see. I'm super behind, man. I, I don't think it's know. On how the, Best
2: Buy. It's part of the $9 be, uh, Best Buy deal.
0: Yeah, it's, that'd uh, be interesting. P-Mets
2: holiday anniversary one? Is that oh. yeah. what I'm
0: thinking of? It's like a, see, dude, uh, yep. I'm so behind. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious
1: to see like how the. I'd imagine it's just like the HDR just makes it look a little bit. Yeah, I have pop, it. Pop a little it's bit good. more.
2: And because, I mean, it, it's a, it's I I don't know if it's sell, but I know it's film. So it actually does it some pretty decent justice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. And it's cool seeing the traditional
1: animation style, you know what I mean? Like, at least for me, I, I think what gets me out of a lot of animation movies today is just, like, it's all that Pixar style, right? Ever since, you know, Toy Story, it's it's just been nonstop just that kind of Pixar CGI animation, which is, it's beautiful to look at. But it, it, it's always mm. cool getting that old school style of animation and, and watching that. And kind of, like, you get a different perspective on things watching a lot of older Takes on on animation, so yeah, um, I appreciate it for that. Just I, I think it's a good break from all the Pixar and you know CGI movies that come out that kids are like glued to the screen on. Um, plus, it's not you know it, it's a little bit different in the sense that it, it's not like a lot of the movies today where it's just like you know lots of colors, lots of spectacle, lots of cuts, and just like fast pace. It's like this you know very slow paced kind of chill movie, and it's cool. Like I said, seeing the kids watch it. Um, that, and they still relate to it, even though it's not like a lot of the movies that they're seeing today. So, I think that says that there's something special about it. I'm a sucker for Snoopy, too. So, hmm. I think that helps. But, yeah, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, guys. That's my uh, <laughs> unique pick. I tried to go, like, with something more unique. I was going to say Rocky. I um, know uh, uh, You really can't talk a lot about the Thanksgiving zine in Rocky. I mean, it's pretty intense. But I, I think I, I like the nostalgia and the tradition of Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. So yeah. the, that was my pick.
0: It's a good movie to kind of fit into your, like, viewing schedule, too. Like, what is it? Only I think it's only half an hour, right? For yeah, time. short.
2: So yeah. It's, like, like perfect to be able that. To like,
0: yeah, it's, it's, you know, a good movie to squeeze in there if you're, like, on time constraints. But, yeah, I mean, I, I relate to that, too, because, I mean, I think my parents used to show us that when we were kids. I don't know if we watched it in school. I know we watched, like, the Charlie Brown Christmas mm-hmm. in elementary school, like, for a couple years in a row, but I don't remember the Thanksgiving. um the Thanksgiving short but yeah I mean I used to watch it when we were kids too it was like that movie um and then for Christmas obviously Charlie Brown Christmas and Christmas Story and movies like that but yeah it's, yeah it's, I would say that's like essential viewing and it's it, I, I was happy to hear that like your um your nephews or your nieces are, are into that because it's yeah great that it has like cross-generational appeal as well because I always wondered that about like you know is Charlie Brown one of those stories that like can kind of translate over to newer generations so it's it's good to know that uh they took interest in it well i know they made that uh, i forgot about that movie actually they did do like a cgi-ish
1: kind of charlie brown movie a few years back wasn't it i think it was like yeah it was actually now. pretty good yeah it wasn't too bad yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh just to kind of but I, I think what i appreciate about that one too is like it still kind of takes this kind of slow vibe like it's it's not like this you know loud quick cuts kind of like you know what with, with the, with the kids are used to watching these days it's still kind of like a very just chill nostalgic movie um and I think they took a lot of what they did with these earlier installments and I hate even calling it a movie because it's 30 minutes long I always called it a movie growing up as a kid like to me it was always a movie so even though it's 30 minutes long I still call it a movie today but um, I do think it does have that cross generational appeal. I think a lot of people enjoy it, whether they're old, younger, um, even me. I like sitting down and watching it. Sometimes it's still funny. I, I chuckle at some of the scenes. So um, I think it's just very relatable movie. You know what I mean? Just because you got you know Charlie Brown trying to you know he's stressing out trying to get everything ready for Thanksgiving, and the adults relate to that, and the kids are laughing at you know Snoopy and all the silly stuff that happens. So it, it's a very cross generational movie for sure.
0: Cool. Chase, did you have any, uh, did you, or what's, I should say, what's your pick for, uh, Thanksgiving? I know there's some other movies you wanted to talk about, but if, um, if you could talk about your, your Thanksgiving pick first and foremost.
2: Yeah. So my very, very, very first pick for Thanksgiving is going to be the legendary 4k remastered planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, And I say that for a good reason, uh, because I think it was a perfect time to really, really talk about it. I skipped out on it last year, because I had just gotten the Blu-ray, the Steelbook, and then I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth, because they already got me with Wayne's World to double dip, um, because it was the same exact Steelbook, so I kind of was salty, and I've been waiting to give them my money. But with all the uh, disdain for that 4K transfer, I figured it'd be a perfect time to put myself through that, so... I did happen to get it, and I watched it, and I am here to tell you and dispel the myths and all of the slander about that 4K transfer. Um, Before I go in there, the 4K, the thing that really got me to go in for it was the deleted scenes. I kept forgetting about that, and then, you know, especially around this time of the year in the Discord and the Reddit, it's tending to pop up. Yeah, go ahead and get it, and then there's been some more people that are kind of having the take I'm going to present here about it. Whenever it comes to it, it's not bad. Yeah, it has some DNR and stuff like that. But there's a reason why whenever you go in and you look at those deleted scenes, I forget the um, John, who was the director for this again? Um, uh, let
1: me see here. They search it up for you.
2: Yeah, they found... Uh, John, know, Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes. So... Yeah. Whenever you go and watch, because it does come with a Blu-ray that doesn't have the movie on it, it only has uh, some restored scenes and the deleted scenes, and it has a preface before it and a disclaimer saying that these are very, very rough because they were ripped off of a VHS. Mm -hmm. So when I went and watched those, because I've seen that movie multiple times, when I went and watched those scenes and then went and watched the movie... How can you not say that's the best that movie's ever looked? That movie, those extended scenes were really hard to make a lot of things out. It was dull. It was washed out. But again, it made sense. There was a disclaimer there for a reason. But even then, there were parts where they had to, for like the extended scenes, it'd be in the VHS quality and then the remastered quality. So... I'm here to tell you that, I mean, this is the best the movie will ever look. The, the source material is very, very rough. I didn't expect this to be a legendary movie, um, have a cold status. It was good for its time. And it was definitely one of those word of mouth type of movies at that time as well. Um, but the 4k, I think, yeah, there's some scenes where it looks like they, it's not Terminator where they look waxy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just, I think people need to calm their expectations that just because something's 4k remastered, like we, with Charlie Brown, it's not amazing, right? But it's the best that will ever look, right? You'd Mm -hmm. never hear people talk about a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving on 4k being reference quality, but we also have to kind of qualm our expectations about the source material, understand how things were handled, you know, like citizen Kane. We're lucky that movie's even around, you know, um, as far as I'm aware the original camera negative of that one was burned in a warehouse decades ago. Mm -hmm. So they have to use a nitrate to every time that they're, restoring it. They're using a nitrate uh interpositive, I believe is what it is. So like this movie just really looks really really rough, but again, you know, some of the scenes they look great. The HDR adds a very nice coat of paint. Um the automobiles part where they're driving down the highway looks awesome, you know, the conversation, the dialogue. I think it looks, you know, at worst a 6 out of 10, you know, especially whenever you bring yourself down to reality and have a sense of understanding yeah. about what goes into it. And then now that's out of the way for the movie itself. I mean, it's legendary. You know, like I mean, you've got Steve Martin and John Candy. How can you not like that? That that that's an iconic duo right there. That's that's setting up a comedy for legendary status, as how I view it. Uh, it's very good. If you haven't seen it, it's just about two guys that are trying to get back to Chicago, and they can't because their flight is uh, delayed and then canceled. So they take it upon themselves to go on a planes, trains, and automobiles-based journey to try to get back to Chicago. And so they get up to some hijinks, and Steve Martin does not like John Candy's character, and I love John Candy's character. It's just a a nuisance from beginning to end, and honestly, it's one of those few movies that you wouldn't expect to tug at your heartstrings towards the end. You know, it's got some very emotional scenes. It's very, very um, emotionally investing, especially if you buy into the characters, which I think everybody that watches it does. I think that, to me, is the pinnacle of a great Thanksgiving movie because that's the whole point. He needs to get back in time for his Thanksgiving dinner, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that movie to me is like a 9 out of 10, a 10 out of 10. It's a great movie. I love it. It's one of, I think I've talked about this before, comedy is one of the roughest genres to try to get into, because if you don't laugh, it's a waste of your time, you know, yeah, and you yeah. very rarely, if you watch a comedy and it hits in the middle, will you go, it was okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's either a waste of your time or you laughed. I feel like when it comes to comedy. Uh, so yeah, that's my little spiel on planes, trains, and automobiles and how we need to accept more 4k transfers for the labor of loves that they are. And then why I love that movie so much. It's a fantastic movie.
1: Your eyes didn't bleed when you watched it pretty much. No. No.
2: I didn't feel disrespected. Like I there was a comment I read whenever that thing was first. I feel disrespected that they put this out. Well, I mean disrespected like come on, man. You feel yeah. like Paramount put a note in your copy saying, Hey, dear X, Y, and Z, we messed up this restoration on your behalf and joy. Like, no, it's it's just it's what they could do, you know. I know Paramount's got a uh, hit or miss type of reputation nowadays though.
1: How how was the audio? Did they change the audio for that
2: movie? I believe or it's Apple five point one right? still.
1: Oh okay.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. either five point one or stereo. Uh, but yeah, and the deleted scenes there's some good ones, but I mean there's some that I'm happy were deleted. I'm not gonna lie, like there's oh, really? one. Yeah, it's an hour and eleven minutes. Whenever you combine the extended and deleted scenes, oh, because wow. you know how on most deleted features you can press like play all or you can go to the specific ones. I believe there's three full on deleted scenes, and then there's eight or nine extended ones. And there's just one where, like, you know, they're on the plane, whenever um, after his taxi gets taken by John Candy's character, and they're sitting on the plane uncomfortably. I want to say it adds an extra six or seven minutes of just dialogue between the two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And that That was cut flat out. And then, you know, it kind of jumps to the quality that was remastered and then lets it finish and then it continues. And then there is a, a couple of the deleted scenes I think they should have left. Like there was just some really good ones. You know, some of them are a little bit goofy and would probably take you out of that realm of reality. Because mm-hmm. of the way that Steve Martin's character sees them in the deleted scenes, but yeah, yeah. I think it's worth picking it for fifteen bucks. If you like the movie, pick it up, support it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not like Terminator 2 just got you know, rumored that they're going to be re-releasing a new remaster. This movie's not going to look no bad. way, really. Oh yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. Yeah. Uh, G- exciting. It wasn't James Cameron approved, so apparently there's a James Cameron approved one coming out because he d- he approved yeah. of the 3D remaster for 3D releases but not for a 4K UHD transfer because James Cameron and I don't know how he wouldn't be aware is very aware of how unhappy people are of that release so that's coming up
1: well it sounds like there's probably going to be two releases right there's going to be the standard edition and then the James Cameron special edition eight months later
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and by the way that avatar i I bought that on sale for 18 dollars uh the way of water i went ahead and bit the bullet that's a gorgeous steel book i'm glad i got it for 18 dollars
1: i had it in my cart bro and then i took it off i was like (laughs) i I just couldn't i mean because i I just got the uba 20 and then um there's some other steel books i'd picked up and i just so many black friday deals right now Mm -hmm. i was like i could wait on it but it is a nice steel book When i was looking at it in hand it's very nice
2: yeah it's very very good but Yeah, and then I have another series of movies after Will talk about your Thanksgiving movie that I just want to reminisce about because I had a good time with these other (laughs) movies.
0: Yeah, so uh, the film I picked was, um, uh, I think it was 1992, Scent of a Woman, uh, who uh, I've I've seen this movie. I don't watch it every year. I think the last time I've seen it was like a couple years ago. Uh, But it's actually directed by Martin Brest, who you guys might also know. He did Beverly Hills Cop, Mm-hmm. Midnight Run, I think he... I never saw Meet Joe Black, but I remember hearing him being attached to that, so I'm pretty sure he directed that as well. Um, but, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, I love. You know, Midnight Run's pretty good as well. It's been years since I've seen Midnight Run, but Beverly Hills Cop is a classic. Yeah. Um. So I actually didn't remember that he directed uh, this movie, but, um. you know, I did a little research into it because it, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember most, most of the movie... Um. I don't know if it would be considered a Thanksgiving movie. I know we were talking before, Gabe, and you said that it's actually one that's on like a lot of a lot of lists, man. Which... I was looking at different
1: lists before this video, and it's like usually like top five, top ten of like Thanksgiving okay. movies. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, essentially the plot is um, Al. Pac- it's Al Pacino, and then you have Chris O'Donnell, and you actually have Philip Seymour Hoffman in a supporting role, um, mm-hmm. who's obviously Philip. He's great in every movie he's in. He's he's a really fantastic actor. But this is the movie that Al Pacino uh, won an Oscar for, for his performance. He plays this uh, retired, you know, Army veteran. He's uh, Colonel Frank. I think his name is Frank Slade, um, who is a—he's a combat veteran. He's, he's blinded by this apparent accident that happens when he's, like, fooling around at uh, base camp or one of the—Fort Bragg or wherever he's stationed— um, juggling grenades and the story goes that he's juggling the grenades and one of them explodes and that's how he becomes blind and he's discharged and all that um and because of that he's kind of led this life of just he's, he's become an alcoholic you know he's just very disagreeable he's hard to get along with um his family essentially can't stand to be with him or around him so just this really kind of like sad character that was you know once somebody that could have been something great you know being a colonel in the army and now he's kind of uh you know just reduced to 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 the current state that he's in Mm -hmm. um and chris o'donnell plays i think his name is charlie he's a prep school student um at this new england prep school and he essentially is approached um, and offered money to essentially watch Al Pacino's character for the weekend uh, mm-hmm. over Thanksgiving. Um, and he accepts because he's trying to get money to travel back home to see his family for Christmas. Um, so he he ends up kind of traveling around, just kind of essentially babysitting Al Pacino's character for the weekend. Um, but it's, dude, it's such a great movie because, I mean, it's a great drama. But but not only that is I mean, Al Pacino is fantastic in this movie. I think his performance in this is actually really good. This is, like, the first movie, I think, where I've seen him, other than movies like Scarface, because I would say this, like, Al Pacino's a great actor. I just think that in some movies, like, he gets a lot of criticism from people for essentially overacting, right? That some of his roles are kind of, like, overinflated, so to speak.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, But I feel like in this role, uh, he kind of just delivers a performance that's really heartfelt. and, And the whole movie right every everything he says the things that he does everything he does in this movie is is justified uh, or I should say is worthy of criticism like it's easy to criticize who he is and the things that he says and like how rude he is to people um until the moment where they're at thanksgiving dinner um at at his family's uh residence or wherever it is they are and he brings charlie along and they're he's pretty much instigating everybody at the dinner table, right? And it turns mm-hmm. into this whole thing where I think the guy's name is Randy. I don't know if it's his nephew or his cousin. Randy just starts kind of diminishing him and, you know, making fun of the accident where he lost his sight. And that that that's all brought up. Uh, but the moment that that kind of stuck with me, and this is a pivotal scene in the movie, is that, Al Pacino's character allows all these insults to take place. He just he takes all these punches, you know, right on the chin, and he just lets this guy kind of tear into him. But the second he mispronounces Charlie's name, I think he calls him Chucky or something, he does it twice, and the second time he does it, he kind of grabs the guy by the throat and slams him up against the wall. Mm-hmm. This whole scuffle, you know, ensues. Um, and it, and it shows that there's a relationship there and that he's grateful for 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 Charlie. And Charlie kind of learns a thing from him. Um, There's this whole other plot in the movie where I think it's Charlie and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, they're witnesses to this prank that's kind of gone wrong, right? They, they try to prank the headmaster of the school that Charlie attends, um, and him and Fili- uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, they witness this, uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, he, he's a straight-up snitch, he like reports it, and I guess they try to bribe Charlie, from what I remember, with money to confess and and to you know um give them the names of the people that were involved and he refuses to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh and that leads to this again the, the other most important scene in the movie and probably one of the scenes that gave Al Pacino the Oscar was where um he stands up and kind of defends him in court, right? In this this kangaroo court so to speak where they're essentially trying to kick him out of the school if he doesn't give them the names. And Al Pacino's character stands up and pretty much defends him and and you know, claims that he's a man of integrity. So it's great because you you really get to see how their relationship evolves over the course of the movie and how important they are to each other and the lessons that they teach each other. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies that really stuck with me, you know? Um, I, I liked Al Pacino so much more after watching it, you know, a couple of years ago when I first saw it. And uh, it's just one of those movies that stuck with me. But I think it's a good movie for the holidays, especially Thanksgiving, because again, it's... Like with trains, planes, and automobiles, and even Charlie Brown, there's lessons in these movies that we mm-hmm. can take from them, right? Um, and, and it's just one of those movies that stuck with me, and, and yeah, um, I would I would highly recommend it. I don't have it on Blu-ray, uh, and I don't believe it's out on 4K yet, but it's one of those movies that I would definitely pick up if they announced a 4K. In fact, I thought about yeah. buying the Blu-ray, like I was saying to you guys beforehand, but I might hold off and see if they they have a 4K. But yeah, that would uh, that would be my pick. Yeah, man, it's good. been a
1: few years. It's been a few years since I've seen it, and it's. I, I remember. Yeah. I, I, it is a very emotional movie. It has a lot of funny moments in it too. Um, yeah, but it has a lot of emotional moments too, with a, especially with Al Pacino's character. And I think there was a scene where he was like maybe contemplating suicide or something. Um, yeah, and that was a very powerful scene. Like it, it's just you know I, I yeah. think it's a really good. It, it's a good harmonious balance of just kind of like a feel good emotional you know, funny, dramatic movie. It has all those different elements. And like you said, this is like a role where Al Pacino, he, he, he just kills it, dude. I mean, like he, he's over the top sometimes, but I mean, this character is supposed to be kind of over the top. I think that's why Al Pacino did so well in it. It's just like, this is a very rambunctious, like over the top character. And, um, he was the perfect actor for it. I, I had read somewhere a while back, I think, a Jack Nicholson was supposed to play, uh, uh al pacino's character al
0: pacino's character that's interesting
1: yeah he turned it down apparently that would have been interesting but i i don't know how that would have been because like this was n- what year was this 92 i think it was 92 uh, if I and remember what, what year was uh uh the one with tom Cruise and uh jack nicholson um oh my god i'm blanking out on the name of it
0: oh you're um, talking
1: about um is
0: that a few good, uh, good men few good men yeah Mm. I don't um, remember what year that was. I can. I can
1: yeah. I'm like, maybe that was just too close where he, you know, he just played an angry colonel and <laughs> he'd be playing yeah. another kind of, not not a similar character, but maybe why was turned the it same down. year. Oh, was it? Yeah. So maybe 92. he turned it down for a few good men. Who knows? A few good men.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what I love about this movie is that, you know, Al Pacino's character, there's a scene at that, at the Thanksgiving dinner, like when he's leaving, that same hmm. scene. I think he turns, I think it's his brother that, that kind of consults him. He comes up to him, he kind of gives him an embrace and he looks at his brother and he goes, you know, I'm no fucking good. And he's like, I never have been and never will. And it's, it's so depressing to, to hear that, you know, cause he's yeah. just admitting that he's, he's a failure. Um, but it, it makes that other monologue, uh, at the school when they're, when they're having the trial, um, to decide charlie's fate all that much more special because he sees in charlie he sees a future and so he's willing to do whatever it takes to defend that Mm -hmm. right so that that's such an interesting dynamic i mean and and i want to give credit to chris o'donnell as well because al pacino gets a lot of praise for his role in this movie but chris o'donnell's just as good and i mean i don't know if i'm not one of those guys that's like you know chris o'donnell he's not in a lot of movies that i've seen right that i can think Mm -hmm. of off the top of my head I mean, to be honest, the only other one I think of is is the Batman films, but other than those, (laughs) it's hard to remember what else he's been in, at least right off the top of my head, but he is also fantastic in this movie. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, it's really like a a companion piece. I would say it's, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily focused solely on Al Pacino's character. I'd say they both kind of carry this movie. I don't, I don't think you can have one without the other. So, and that's a testament to how well it was written and, and how well they thought about these characters. It's actually, um, I'm pretty sure it's a remake of an Italian film of the same name from like the 70s, which I haven't seen, but I'm interested. Yeah, I I think they changed the character names and they changed some things around. But it's, I guess you could say it's like a soft remake or a soft reboot of like a 1970, like mid 70s Italian movie of the same name. So I actually, I'm going to try to see if I can check that out at some point, if it's even available, because I'm I'm curious. Um, It's always fascinating to me. To figure out that, like, movies from, like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s are, like, remakes from, like, older movies. Because, like, we look at remakes today yeah, as, like, oh, well, they're going to remake The Fog or they're remaking Halloween and vice versa. We can go down the list of, like, you know, shitty remakes. But um, it's interesting that a lot of, like, great movies from, like, the 80s and 90s especially are remakes of Scarface. from, like yeah Scar- I mean Scarface yeah that's another perfect yeah. example with Al Pacino so mm-hmm. um, but yeah I had no idea that Scent of a Woman was was a remake so I'm interested yeah. to check out the original but I don't know whether or not it's as good as the the, the 90's version I mean but. it was
1: it was it looks like it was nominated for um, best foreign language film okay uh, what year was that Was that 1974? 1974 yeah so um, yeah it looks like it, it was well received um, there's not a lot on it though I'd be curious yeah, I'm curious to watch it too Interesting. That's a good uh, yeah, movie, though, man. That's
0: my pick. Um, Chase, I know you had some other movies you wanted to talk about, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you and, and let you take the reins.
2: Yeah. So I feel like I saw a turkey in this movie, so I think it's appropriate to bring it up for the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. But I just watched the new. Well, I, uh, let me preface. I had seen Rise of the Planet of the Apes in theaters way back when that released because I was a mega fan. That was my favorite movie. Um, growing up was the original Planet of the Apes. I loved it. I will never forget um the scene at the very end. I mean, I'm this isn't a spoiler. This is like it, it's well known it's so what long, happens. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've had 50 years to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Almost 60. So <clears throat> whenever they go at the end and then he sees the Statue of Liberty kind of sunken down and stuff, I will never forget. I was like, Whoa, that's yeah. the Statue of yeah. Liberty, you know, and especially at the at that time. That had to have been super shocking, you know, to go into theaters and see it. So that's like one of my all-time favorite movies. And I always loved Rise. I'd seen it at least 10, 15 times, and I just never got to Dawn or War. I think I've he- I always heard great things about it, but maybe I was just worried that it wouldn't live up to Rise, no matter how many mm-hmm. good things I heard about it. And I'm here to officially declare to the world that Dawn and War of the Planet of the Apes are visual, cinematic, storytelling masterpieces. Uh, all three. That is one of the most flawless trilogies I've seen in a while. Uh, Dawn was absolutely fantastic. If you have had a dream about monkeys dual wielding machine guns while riding hor- on horseback, this is your dreams <laughs> fantasized into reality. And it's great. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's fantastic. You know, the story, um, the emotions that they portray and especially the CGI in these movies have to hold up for the next 50, 60 years. You know, the amount of work they put into those mm-hmm. Uh, I think war is a little bit softer on the CGI. I just noticed like yeah. it just didn't look as fluid, but there was a lot more going on in war than that it seemed like there was in Dawn too. At least just mm-hmm. on the individual like monkey, you know, and the apes yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to shout those movies out and bullet train. I watched that. That, that movie was uh. just so stupid fun. Just <laughs> dumb fun. Yeah, uh, I liked it, man. You know, I it's, I want to bring this up. It's not spoilerish, but like somehow Brad Pitt was the worst character in that movie. Like him as an actor. You know what I mean like compared to everybody else's charisma around him. Yeah. Like, I agree. I was more interested in the sight in all the other
0: characters. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't exactly. Really enthralled with what he was do- up to.
2: But. Yeah, and it makes sense uh because you know they 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 tell you at the end who he's supposed to be acting like, you know, mm-hmm. at that like little five second reveal that he's not the assassin that he hired. And then it shows um, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like he was supposed to yeah. essentially yeah. be somebody else. But I'm a yeah. huge fan of Brian Henry Taylor, uh, the guy with the, the blonde hair in there next to Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. him yeah. since Atlanta way back in 2014, 15, whenever that show came out. And I will watch anything with him in it. And yeah, that was my only complaint about that movie. Somehow Brad Pitt was the worst act like actor in that movie. You know, like his charisma didn't match almost anybody else's, even some of the side characters and the characters who would have been on screen for 15 seconds. But yeah. I mean, it's still great. You I know, his
1: characters were just so crazy that like yeah. in comparison, like I always saw Brad Pitt in that movie. is like he's just along for the ride and like you yeah. know, all <laughs> these crazy characters are like coming in. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I think it's just the way the movie's written. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a he's fun He's kind of just
0: thrown in there, right? I mean, the other yeah. characters are much more entertaining. He's kind of just like, it's almost like we're kind of seeing it, like, through his perspective. Right? Yeah. And we're kind of, like, taking a backseat because he's kind of just in the middle of this, right? And, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like yeah. that, that's why it kind of works for me anyway, because I can kind of, like, relate to his character just kind of getting involved in this, like, you know, crazy, you know, situation where everyone else is, uh, yeah, they're just, those other characters are just way more interesting, but... Yeah. That works for
2: me. And the accents, like, holy cow, Aaron Taylor Johnson's accent and uh, Henry Taylor's accent, golly, they pulled it off. I had to double check and make sure. I was like, man, was he born in Britain? Because he's in Atlanta. So (laughs) I was like, man, where, you know, like, where where is he from? But they pulled it off so well. But, yeah, shout out to that trilogy. Um, If you were curious about either of those, Immaculate 4K transfers. I do hope that the – apes trilogy gets something redone in the future those are only on 66s Mm. and i think it it, it could use some justice on a on a bd 100 especially for the the runtime on there so it's not as compressed bullet train Mm -hmm. was visually just amazing you know visually amazing so yeah i wanted to shout those out and yeah that concludes that that uh those are some fun movies i managed to get a watch over the last couple weeks
1: those are fun movies, man, and I'm glad that you saw them because I think that that's probably one of the, at least for me, like the last decade or two, like one of my favorite trilogies was the Rise and War. I don't know what they call it. Planet of the Apes trilogy, I guess. Yeah, the Apes um, And tr- the new one's coming out. The What is it called? The Kingdom. Kingdom of the Planet, but yeah, it's a different Kingdom. director, so Matt Reeves isn't uh, making that one, so I'm interested to see it. I, I like the trailer a lot, and it looks like it yeah. takes place a few decades after the third installment, so... Um and you're getting the vibe that like uh, there's that beach scene where you're kind of like oh man it's getting kind of closer to like the you know the original yeah. installment so it was cool to see that so I'm I'm excited for that movie they've all been flawless so yeah it, it were they all directed
0: good. by the same per- the same director
1: no, no Matt, Matt Reeves directed the, yeah, the second, second and third, third. yeah I forgot who, and third, okay. yeah I forgot who directed the first one it was actually
2: okay. he did um because I had looked it up so many different times uh Rupert Wyatt. He's the guy that did The Gambler, Captivity State, Mm. and Escapist. Those are his only movies. Yeah, seen The Gambler. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm not gonna sit here and pass judgment, especially like Matt Reeves had next to no movies under his belt. You know, that's what put him on. Like, he had some things, but these, you know, the second and third Apes movie is what put him up there. It's just Mm like, I I mean, I'm kind of sad that he's not gonna come and do Kingdom because he brought so much emotion to those Apes that Rupert Wyatt gave him like a springboard to, you know, launch Mm -hmm. off of. And I wish he'd come back, but I mean, at the same time, I love Rise. You know, I would have been fine with Rupert mm. Wyatt doing all three. But yeah, I had only ever seen, well, I've seen Cloverfield. I forget Matt Reeves did that all the time.
1: He did do that. I forget about that movie.
2: Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of Cloverfield. I'm in the minority. But really? when it comes to it, yeah, it's just I don't like found footage that much. It's really one of my mm. least interesting or favorite anything, really, at this. It has to be done to a perfect T and mm. i don't know maybe i just got to it too late i just watched it for the first time this year so maybe yeah. that's why and this one the new one it's going to be look a west
1: ball he directed the maze runner movies and that's pretty much all he's had under his belt was the maze runner trilogy mm-hmm. um so it's going to be interesting and i read my my brother sent me this just because he's a huge legend of zelda fan um it sounds like west Ball's also directing a legend of zelda movie mm. live it's action taking a huge possibly. flyer
2: on this guy dude I know. i'm <laughs> yeah, like yeah really. that's
1: uh, he's going to get a lot of people uh, either to love him or picketing outside his house is what's going to happen
2: <laughs> yeah um, cuz those maze runner movies are hit or miss like i think i remember fan that, of them i watched the first one i never watched the second or third one it's just i you know, it was cool. I the it, it came
1: out of the time of like uh, uh Hunger Games, yeah. so it was like you know what I mean. It was kind of like yeah. it was like the same vibe again, and it's just like I I don't know. Maybe if Maze Runner had to come out first, I, I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see. I know we were also going to talk about Thanksgiving real quick. Oh yeah, uh, you guys saw that? Yeah, Will and I saw it. I know it's uh, no horror November for you, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately,
2: it's uh um, if you can tell I'm shaking a little bit because I've been going through withdrawals. <laughs> uh,
1: Will I don't know if you want to start it off, man, because I know you already did a letterbox review for it, so your your thoughts are a little bit more formulated than mine.
0: Yeah, I'll start off. Happy to do that. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I, I'll say this, and I, I I didn't mention this in my letterbox review, but I talked to some other uh, community members on our Discord, and uh, I've never really been a big fan of Eli Roth's filmography. Um, mm-hmm. the, the cabin, cabin fever, the first one that was fun. Um, the hostile movies, they didn't really do it for me. Right. Same. Like, like Eli Roth is one of those guys that I, I appreciate and respect him for his knowledge and his, his place in the genre that he's kind of carved out for himself. And, and I mentioned that in the letterbox review, I think this movie, um, kind of finds itself a nice little, in, like a nice little like niche spot in the, in the slasher genre. Right. and, mm-hmm. and it was it was good to finally experience a movie where I could actually sit there and say, okay, like, this is something that I've wanted Eli Roth to make even before the Thanksgiving trailer for the Grindhouse films that Tarantino and Rodriguez did, right? Because um, that's where this all stems from. Um, and Gabe, I know you haven't seen that uh, original trailer for those yeah. movies, so I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on it, but I was kind of going into it with that mindset anyway, but it, it was just nice to kind of watch a movie from Eli Roth and actually get the sense that he actually had a really great time making this because it shows um it's this movie's a lot of fun the kills are very well done they're very well executed there's a lot of practical effects which are right up my alley i love that stuff um the final girl was surprisingly like relatable you know i actually kind of cared about her by the end of the movie and not necessarily her family i don't want to get into spoilers but um i could understand her position and everything and and you know, how contradicting she was kind of just thrown in, uh, and had to kind of deal with the fallout of all this. Um, but I, I, I liked what they did with her. I, I liked the directing style. I thought it was fun. The kills were gruesome, but at the same time they had like this comedic flair to them. They were just funny, you know, it was just a good time, you know, and it, it gets a bit over the top at times, but it just kind of indulges in that, which I like, you know, and a lot of people yeah. will kind of say, Oh, it's, it's stupid. It's like, you know, but a lot of slasher movies are good fun, right? Like, I don't judge a slasher movie like I judge every other film, right? Or every other genre, I should say. Because slashers are kind of inherently over the top at times and ridiculous. So, I, I went into this kind of expecting that. Um But, yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, it, it went by quick. I think it's like an hour. I want to say it's like an hour and 40 minutes or an hour and 41 minutes yeah. or something like that. It's a quick It went movie. by fast. It's a quick movie. So... Um, I went last night my theater wasn't crazy I went at an earlier time I, I usually try to get there for like seven o'clock seven thirty showings because that's usually when you get better crowds but I kind of wanted to just low-key kind of experience it without having to listen to like you know angsty teenagers in the front row or anything like that I got so that it was uh it was a good experience <laughs> yeah yeah you got that more than I did but um yeah I I'd highly recommend it chase I think you'll really enjoy it it's it's right up your yeah. alley again it there's a playfulness to it, and you can just tell that it was so much fun to make, and that really shines through um, in, in the movie. So I, I appreciate it. And I, I'll say this. It's the most entertaining movie, I think, that I've seen uh,
2: from Eli Roth. So take that for what it is. But yeah, I want to throw funny. this out there while you're on that track. Uh, I think this will make you guys yeah. laugh. So Edgar Wright I, – I follow him religiously on Instagram – so he went to the 35 millimeter premiere. I forget where it was, but he was with Eli Roth and he was essentially saying, he's like, damn him for making this movie. Cause I guess Edgar Wright made it a little short in Grindhouse too. He's like, now yeah. the next thing I'm gonna have to deal with the rest of my lifetime is people asking me to make a full length. <laughs> make, make, yeah. Yeah. make his. So I, think, I thought that'd make you guys laugh. So oh, <laughs> yeah. man, I love him. Yeah. That's hilarious. And this, Edgar Wright. It is, cool, is
0: something that fans have asked for too. So again, mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan. I don't like fan service when it's like overdone but this Mm. has been something that a lot of people very grindhouse fans from way back in the day have been asking for i mean he's probably gotten this question hundreds of thousands of times by now at conventions and just just in general so Mm. the fact that they actually gave him and the fact that he actually got backing to like make this a full-length feature is is pretty cool so like good job on sony and and the production um for for allowing him to make this because i thought it was a pretty solid movie so yeah I enjoyed
1: it, man. Like you said, I, I you guys actually told me that it was a um, uh, uh, trailer for the Grindhouse thing. And I, I had no idea. Yeah. I just saw the trailer. I'm like, this looks pretty cool. It looks like a good movie. So I actually went into it not seeing the trailer. Um, and I, I had a good time with it, man. I think I read your letterbox review. Well, I, I, the 3.5 out of 5 stars. I, I agree with it like 100%. Mm. I think you and I saw eye to eye on it. And it's, mm. it's a fun movie. The first 15 minutes of that movie are freaking gold. Like it's like it's hilarious, it's funny, it's violent, it's just like it, it sets the tone for the movie spectacularly well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like what you said, the lead girl, her name's Nell. I'm gonna butcher this last uh, name. The actress' name Nell Verlaki Yeah, or Verlack. yeah, Verlacki, Yeah, I think her name's she, Jessica
0: in the movie. I forget. Yeah,
1: I she did a great job, man. I think I I, I don't yeah. see like a filmography for her. I don't know if she's done other things, but. um... I think after this she will. I think she did a great job as the leading lady. Um, like you said, a lot of the kills are gruesome. Something I forgot to mention too is the the jump scares in this man. Like there were actually like some jump scares that got me a few times, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, yeah. I know we were complaining about jump scares when we were watching Exorcist. I Exorcist, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. a few times, mean I had this guy that like this dude sitting next to me. He's like six foot five. He was a super big dude, and it was funny because him and I were like jumping at the same time. Like there were just some jump scares that i were I was just not expecting yeah um
0: it was and, a yeah, surprising th- amount of tension in this
1: yeah like the build-up to to you know some of the kills are were pretty cool and and it's just a fun little flick dude like i i don't think it's like a horror masterpiece i know a lot of people are coming out of it saying like this is like you know one of the best horror movies they've seen in in years i would say it's like a, it's a fun slasher movie you know what i mean um i, I liked all the kills it's an hour 40 minutes runtime you're in you're out um the the twist at the end kind of, you know, the reveal with the killer is like, okay, I guess that's my mm. only like critique with it really. But um, yeah. it's a fun movie. And I, like you said, well, I appreciate a lot of the practical effects. There wasn't really much CGI, if any. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a fun movie. You're going to have a good time watching it. And I, I was thinking when I was watching it, Chase, I was like, Chase is going to like this movie. I was like, this, <laughs> this is gonna be my totally movie in his year. wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is in your wheelhouse, bro. It, it's. But I like it just because it it embodies like when it is campy, it embodies it. It's like we know that we're yep. just being super campy. We know we're being funny, and we're gonna throw in some gore. You know, crazy amounts of you know the the kills are just so unique too. They're like so weird. They're all like Thanksgiving themed kind of kills. Like it's it's really really cool. Um and and just yeah. the aesthetic of the um I don't know what we call him, the Pilgrim guy or what <laughs> what's his name uh, like? I think John John Carver. Carver. Yeah, Legend John Carver. John Carver. Yeah. yeah um i do i love the aesthetics with the mask and and the axe like it's and he's quick you know what i mean he's he's like super quick super aggressive um and there was just a lot of moments my wife was like you know she was laughing her ass off for half of the movie just because like a lot of the moments even between the characters are funny even when they're like in dialogue and like just funny stuff's happening it's it's a fun movie and like what you said eli roth i'm not a big fan of his filmography. Um, yeah, I don't have any hate towards the guy. Just a lot of the movies he's made just don't really vibe with me, but I, he's right. a very passionate dude. I could tell that he loves film. I think he, he really cares about it as an art form. I just never mm-hmm. resonated with his filmography, but this is definitely my favorite Eli Roth yeah. movie. hundred percent. Like I'm glad he made it. I'm glad that, you know, he stuck to his guns and it sounds like he really didn't kind of gravitate away from that original grindhouse trailer that he made. So, mm-hmm. um, super fun movie man i'll probably put it on my top 10 for the year it's not like a masterpiece in horror um but it it would probably fit somewhere in my top 10 of the year
0: i think it's getting a lot of praise from people for being different too right because we talked Mm -hmm. about that with like halloween and like some of our past episodes where like a lot of people are just in a place now where anything that's just different is automatically kind of like a win for them right yeah but again i I agree with you i don't think it's like one of the best horror movies like that that's all a yeah, yeah. little much, but it, it's a really well-made horror movie. Um, and I will say, for anybody listening, if if there's anybody from New England here, specifically around like Rhode Island or southeastern yeah. Massachusetts, you guys will really appreciate the uh, the the Bostonian or the Massachusetts <laughs> Accent. the, the accents in this movie. I mean, that's kind of why it resonated, and especially like those more comedic scenes. Like, they just resonated with me so much because I'm yeah. like, I know so many fucking people that sound like this. <laughs> and just kind of picturing them like in bot like as these characters it's like it just kind yeah. of hit home from me so i think that's why i enjoyed it so much so I, again that probably it's a little bit biased just because of where i live like in the country but um yeah it was really well done i mean he captured the whole vibe of like plymouth massachusetts really well too like with the atmosphere mm-hmm. it was he did a good job so he really did his homework so i'm I'm happy and, and i hope it's a success. Old-
1: a lot of, uh, I know we're closing out here, but a lot of like little sprinkled odes to uh, classic horror films. Like you could see mm-hmm. like the opening shot, you're like, oh, that's Halloween, Halloween yeah. or this is Friday the Thirteenth, or like you could just see it, like sprinkled throughout the movie where he just took a lot of motivation, I, and 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 I liked it. It wasn't like he was ripping off from it, right? He was just like throwing right. it in there, sprinkling it throughout saying like, you know, I appreciate what Halloween did. I appreciate what Friday the 13th did. And he's just kind of yeah. sprinkling it throughout the movie which I appreciated, so while doing his yeah. own unique thing at the same time. So, it's a fun mm-hmm. movie. I don't I don't think it's like a I think it was like a 90 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's a 9 out of 10, but
2: I'll come um, in and declare it a 9 out of 10 after I watch <laughs> it. Watch. <laughs> I'm sure that you probably 10. made it
1: a 9.5 out of 10, who knows. Probably.
2: But, I have a question it's, for you guys though, because yeah. you both said that you guys yeah. aren't huge fans of Eli Roth's filmography, but there' mm-hmm. and I haven't gone through super extensively on his filmography, but there is one of my like I probably put in my top thirty forty um maybe fifty if I really think about it Clown did you guys ever watch Clown by Eli Roth? No,
1: I don't even I don't so. know what which one's that
2: that's the one where the dude gets bit by a clown and starts turning into a clown that movie's oh, great. Man. Like it's just it's not as goofy what? as that sounds. Yeah, a duty like he he is a clown as his profession. Then he gets bit and he gets like this mm. clown inf- infection, so he starts turning into a clown. Um, that's interesting. it's very interesting, and I'd have to say because he did green. Oh, Burn, he pre- was- he
1: produced it. And oh, he was starring it? in
2: it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't direct it, it's directed directed oh, by John Watts. Well, that's probably why it was good. So (laughs) I've never really seen a lot of like his directed filmography. So that's probably Mm. why, because like also the last exorcism, if I'm right, the one Mm. where that one's a found footage movie. I adore that movie. That is a genuine. Yeah. He produced that one. He didn't direct it. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, he does a lot of really well-made production movies, you know, or produced movies. I feel like Mm. Uh, now that you mentioned that I could have sworn he directed that forever. But yeah, Clown's great. Shout out Clown. That's a well-produced movie by him. I wanted to throw the that out there. Last Exorcism, that's the found footage
1: one, right? Yeah, that one's great. Is that, is that the one where that dude says he's going to get in front of the church and talk about Lemon something?
2: Yeah. Like lemon like, like he's a
1: false exorcist where he just <laughs> yeah, goes around yeah, scamming people? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that in theaters. It was actually a fun movie. It was good.
2: It was I different enough it. for me.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, Eli Roth, and we were talking about this before getting on. Looks like he's directing the new Borderlands movie, which I'm down for it. I, you're down for yeah. it? I don't know, man. I, I think it's just Borderlands is just too chaotic and wacky. I don't know like, how you're able to encapsulate that into like, a whole movie, but I don't
2: know. I, don't know. I mean, <laughs> the guy that did David Leach, the guy who did Deadpool and Bullet Train, I, I think he would have been a great director for that.
1: Hmm. For sure. I think more so than Eli Roth, to be honest with you. I, I feel like it's kind of like, I think Will had mentioned this. It's kind of like outside his wheelhouse a little bit in terms of like, you know, the action, yeah. the special effects. Like, I know Eli Roth is more to- like he has a lot of kind of more claustrophobic kind of movies. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is kind of like a balls of the wall crazy uh, movie. But who knows? He might he might do well. I don't want to, you know, yeah, we'll see put bad omens there. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Borderlands movie. I'm a huge Borderlands
2: fan, but, I mean, they just have to do it so specifically, especially with, like, the comic book, you know, inked Mm -hmm. out, like, outlines of the characters and stuff like that. Like, it's got to be just fully chaotic, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, especially, like, the art style has got to be done well. And that game series has one of the biggest cult followings out of really any modern video game franchise Mm -hmm. that isn't, like, AAA. I mean, I would consider that a AAA title, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's still relatively not everybody plays it. But, yeah, Borderlands, if you don't do that well, oh, my God, Eli Roth, like you better ride this high of Thanksgiving for as long as you can, man. Because... Yeah, dude, for <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah. Dude, I'm with you, though. I love Borderlands. I
0: mean, I still have them. I haven't played them in, in – it's been like a year and a half since Ohio, I last played. yeah. It was it yeah. three, I think, but I love those games. Those they're games great. are like right up my alley.
2: Yeah, they're fun. They're quirky. They're comical. They have amazingly well-written characters. Um, I think Jack, ba- Jack Black's going to play Claptrap, if I remember right. I, oh yeah, I remember that. Announcement. I'm down oh, for yeah. that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love Jack Black. Like I've literally yeah. never been disappointed in anything he's done. Um, yeah. Even with Bowser in the Super Mario movie, I was kind of like, why? You know, like why yeah. Jack Black? But again, mm-hmm. I got to stop doubting the guy because he does super well in anything. He does good
1: work, man. It should. Yeah. It's hopefully like I like I said, I want to put bad omens out there. It's just kind of like an odd pairing in my in my opinion. Like I feel like there's some, maybe some other directors that could taking that on but we'll see i'm just like very uh apprehensive about any video game adaptation just because they usually all suck well hey man know, give sonic a know. shout I mean, out you never true enough
2: what's that you, you gotta give, you my, both... boy, give uh, my boy sonic a shout out oh sonic i the still Flawless. have some sonic dude. oh my god <laughs> there's no way I will. Man. i'll
1: do you before let's say before maybe the month is out i will watch sonic uh,
2: yeah sonic one <laughs> i it, it's okay. So let me just preface this while we're on the thing of, because uh, people in the server know how obsessed I am with these damn movies. So the first one is only good because of how bad that trailer was. So then you go in there and you're like, <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be a one out of ten, you know? Yeah. So then you end up getting something very family friendly, very coherent, very fun, a really great, solid first entry. Like I literally, I think I gave it a five out of five on Letterbox after oh, I went god. and saw it when it yeah. came out. So then Sonic 2 came out, and it's kind of like the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, right? I didn't like Mm -hmm. that movie, but that movie wasn't made for me because I'm not a fan of the series. That movie was definitely made for fans of the series. Sonic 2, I went and saw five times in its theatrical run. I absolutely love that movie, man. It was made for me, dude. It was made for me, like it being a huge hardcore like for example like Sonic Superstars just went on sale for 30 bucks at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we get off of here I'm running to go get it cuz I refuse to <laughs> right pay $60. There, I refuse to pay $60 for a 5 hour <laughs> game. So I'm yeah. going to go get that. But Sonic 2 was just from front to back, just made for me. It has some pacing issues, but it's still one of my favorite movies and the most fun I've personally had in a movie in a long time, like in theaters. like I went and saw on Dolby uh, Center, everything. Great movie. Shout-out Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Everybody in the world needs to watch that. It's made for everybody, from newborns to 99-year-old people. Y'all need to watch it.
1: I'll, I'll try to watch it before the month. I'll, I just haven't watched it, man. There, I, I need to catch up on a lot of movies, actually, especially with all these black friday sales I, I bought a whole bunch of movies a lot of blind buys too that i haven't
2: seen so it's eight bucks uh, at best buy the first one the second one you can skip the oh, first the one. one but then you'll miss out on jim carrey's performance as eggman because i mean he's in both of them but like that's the perfect yeah. casting no I,
1: I can never jump into a sequel and not watch the original so yeah, i going to watch way. the first one first
2: <laughs> you'll love it but i'll man. check it
1: out we should probably do maybe an episode. I mean, I, I, we should probably let everyone know too. Like, next week is Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. We're probably not doing an episode uh, next week, guys. Just, yeah, to let be you on guys know. yeah, a little bit of a hiatus. We might try to do some shorts. I know that Oppenheimer's coming out next week, so we might do a little short kind of unboxing the still book for that. Um, maybe even if we get a chance to watch it do a review on the 4K transfer which i'm sure is going to be phenomenal cuz the god mm-hmm. the goat is doing it so the <laughs> add it to your shrine <laughs> oh boy. the goat yeah add it to my shrine um and uh yeah maybe we we can do a, a podcast i think maybe sometime talk about video game movies i think that'd be interesting just cuz there's so many of them and where they hit yeah. the mark where they don't um i think that would be cool to talk about it point. there's a lot of fun to be had with that yeah mm-hmm. for sure You're gonna but, have to give
2: me a whole hour for sonic too Oh, hundred percent.
1: Probably be a whole dude. If you get me on Last of Us, I could talk about that for like three hours. Um, but all right, guys. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for you know hearing us out on our little Thanksgiving movies that we like and uh, the tangents with Sonic and <laughs> Planet of the Apes and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and all that stuff. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you guys in two weeks. See you guys in two weeks.
0: See you guys. Thank you.